Welcome to Paper Movies and Novelization Book Club. This month, we picked the book Hook by Terry Brooks, um, based on a film by uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Jeremy is going to take this summary away. Uh, even though I picked the book, he's going to be a gentleman and take this summary and uh, tell you guys a little bit about Hook. Well, thank you, Matthew. Hook is one of the strangest sequels you ever come across because it works as a standalone film. It's what if Peter Pan grew up? He's a married man. He's a businessman. He's a lawyer. And any of his childish spirit is gone. He is a grumpy man who shrugs off the responsibility of his children in favor of just making more money. He and his family, after he misses his son's baseball game, go to England where they meet up with a grandy, grandy, (laughs) granny, (laughs) Wendy, obviously. Wendy is the correct name. Uh, Granny Wendy. Uh, Wendy is now an elderly lady and the grandmother to uh, Peter's wife, Myra. And... They, they go there, you know, Peter's like hates his kids and yells at them a bunch and tells them to grow up over and over again. And then Captain Hook kidnaps his children. Peter has to go rescue them. And in order to do that, he has to remember what it's like to be a kid. This is a weird one because this was supposed to be a Disney film. I wanted to throw that out there. It was supposed to be a Disney film in the 80s. And Spielberg and Disney parted ways, and it was made 10 years later. Um, This is also Terry Brooks's first novelization. And after writing it, he wanted it to be his last novelization. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it wasn't until George Lucas approached him with The Phantom Menace that he went back to writing novelizations, but um, I want to, I want to go first because I've been really pivotal in this discussion with all of us trying to um, be like, save it for the show. (laughs) I really, really liked this book. Um, It's one of my favorite things we've done for paper movies this year. Are you, uh, you serious? You're yeah, 100% I, dead serious. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are certain things I don't like about it, but it's the same things that I don't like about the film. I've only seen the film once, and that was probably 10 years ago. It, I think they put it on Cartoon Network, and all I remembered from it was the, the baseball game mm-hmm. and the obnoxious Lost Boys yeah. and how 90s they looked. <laughs> And I, I forgot everything that was like interesting about the movie, and I kind of just went on with my uh, my life. I was a little too young when I, I think I wasn't born yet when Hook came out, or I was a really little kid. Yeah, I think it was nineteen ninety ninety one. Okay, yeah, so I is a little before my time. So that wasn't the Peter Pan film I grew up with. I grew up with the Disney one, and then they made one in the early two thousands. So oh, it's like yeah. they make a they make a Peter Pan film every decade. Yeah, they made that one with yeah. the tiny little baby kid, like in the 2010s, that no one cared about, called Pan. 
Oh, and then, of yeah. course, there's Pan's Labyrinth, which is obviously a sequel to Peter Pan. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really interesting because I'm used to Terry Brooks is a long-winded writer. If you read any of his Shannara books, they're typically like 600 pages to 800 pages. So it was weird to read something that's barely 200 pages from him. But I thought it was pretty solid. It it was one of those novelizations where it doesn't really add a lot, in my opinion. But I don't remember the film that well. It just felt like we were just continuing with the plot. Right. Right. I mean, it was driven it solid, just like the film. There was yeah. there's some minor changes we could talk about here in a little bit. but Yeah. I'll... I'll, I'll... I'll get off my soapbox right it's now. It's fine. It's like I think it's interesting that there's an, there's an author's note here in the beginning by Terry Brooks, and this is like what I thought was very interesting because there's you know we've heard I think Jeremy you'd said that there was a lot of drama right between uh, with Terry Brooks not wanting to do novelizations after his experience with this novel. Yeah, and I think yeah. he hints towards that because like the last paragraph in that author's note or one of the last paragraphs says I relate to this story. Uh, to you as it was to me, having tried the best I could to keep the details straight. So that just, to me, is saying, yeah, he didn't really get the info that he really needed in order to write the story out 100%. Um, and he said, when I could not make myself stay silent, I'll write it. Okay, I messed up that. Uh, I've embellished at times and comment, uh, commented when I could not make myself stay silent. All writers, I fear, have that failing. Uh, so mm -hmm. I don't know if he he's saying that he just kept adding some stuff or uh, made some stuff up because he wasn't informed on exactly how things were supposed to go. I don't know, but he did hook, and then later on he did one more novelization, uh, which was right, the Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Phantom yeah. Menace, that's right, <laughs> not the Revenge. Of which the is Death. a far superior book than this. Don't get me wrong, Phantom Menace is a lot better, but that's because George Lucas was there writing it with him, okay. and they sat down. They had discussions on, on what the Sith were going to be like, what these characters were going to be like. Yeah. See, what was, to me, this book, I thought it was actually a chore to get through. <laughs> I did not like it that much. I uh, I had a lot of questions that I needed answers to, and I didn't get them. Uh, I did a live stream on my channel, me and my wife. We watched Hook, like, twice, and then had this live stream where we were talking about it, going over all these little details all these uh, little strange things that I picked up on. And I was hoping that we would get answers to that in this book, but we did not. It just made me more angry uh, towards certain characters that we'll get into later. But I thought it was pretty much on par with the film, uh, explaining things well, added a little bit of some stuff that I thought was unnecessary, kind of dra drug the story out some. Uh, like when he's exercising, when Peter Banning is exercising to get back into shape as Peter Pan, he's running around a tree and like yeah. each quarter of the tree, it's a different season, which was kind of cool, but it was also very unnecessary. Um, I was hoping that the book would explain more about time because it feels like time in Neverland is slower when it, uh, like three days, was it really three days or was it like three years for him to get back into shape to discover who he was to, you know, be able to go save his kids. But I don't know. Maybe he just loses a bunch of weight in an instant in Neverland. It's just weird. Uh, 
I have problems with Tinkerbell, but uh, oh, that's that's weird from the movie though. Yeah, there's some stuff in the book that I had to flag. I got this is the first time, guys. I put I put little flags on my pages about weird things, but I'm not. We're not going to cover all this stuff in here. We're not going to go over everything in here. But um, we can talk about that here in a little bit to get some more thoughts on characters' development and all that stuff. But um, I'm going to pass it over to uh, Mikey, who's labeled Big Mac on the channel. Uh, Mikey, what are your thoughts on Hook? The Terry Brooks novelization. Uh, well, first let me say that um, uh, I have been a Peter Pan fanatic since I was little, of course. Um, I have watched Hook like numerous thousands. Um, I own the movie. I can practically quote the movie <laughs> without even watching it. That I mean, if that tells you anything. Well, before we did Hook, before we picked this up to read it, I saw on your social media accounts that you had made paper cutouts of Peter Pan's sword, and I thought that was funny. Oh, yeah. I, in fact, I have it over here. Uh, you want to see it? <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, we'll get it. You can pick it up when Adam gets into his thoughts on Hook. Well, I, I really enjoyed right. this film, too. Um, I really enjoyed the film. I love it. Like, Robin Williams did great as an adult Peter Pan. This is actually the only film that I have. Oops, hold on. This is the only film that I actually have both the regular novelization and the junior novelization to it. Um, like I said, the film's great. Love the music. Love. Uh, I'm kind of with you, though, Matthew. The book was kind of a chore to get through. I don't know what happened. It's just I've read like a few chapters of it, and it just it just wasn't I just kind of started losing interest. Not that it was bad. It's just like, I don't, I think I was comparing it too much to the film. Mm, I was yeah. expecting that same uh, kind of magic that, that you get from the film. And it yeah. just was kind of more serious. Like if you yeah. get what, if you guys get what I'm saying, which I thought was decent uh, portrayal of Peter. I thought they did a better job with Peter Banning in the book than he appeared in the film. But I mean, of course, you can't really top Robin Williams. So, you know, he, uh, I will say he, this though. Some of the dialogue in the book felt like Robin Williams would say that. Yes. As the yeah. character of Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, they did cut out a couple of things that were kind of fun to see from the movie. Like we're about to, you know, as always get into some spoilers here, but they cut out, um, or at least they just mention it like so briefly that I couldn't, I missed it. But they cut out Toodles at the end flying. No, he's in the end no, of the book. Fly, he flies. He flies away. Oh, he, it just says he, he just, does. Yeah, he lifts up and just flies away. And oh. Fly. But I mean, I can understand you missing it because the book to me and you is it's exhausting. It's the longest two hundred and eleven page book that I've ever read. No, dude, we read Ghostbusters one and two. That was far worse than this. those were. Yeah, that's but, some of the worst that we've done for paper movies. And we read the Predator. Uh, the, the bottom of the, the bottom, yeah, you're scraping the bottom <laughs> the there. Bottom. <laughs> uh, it, um, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say is just like what was hard for me was um, 
part of the reason why this film is so great is it has a couple of iconic performances uh, from Dustin Hoffman playing Captain James Hook and, you know, from Robin Williams playing Peter Pan. And it's just, um, I don't, like I said, this, it was hard, you know, kind of getting into the book, you know, because all I wanted to do was watch the film, you know, because, mm-hmm. and me and my wife actually did watch the film after I finished the book. And I was just like, after, after watching, just like, yeah, this is better, you know, <laughs> but um, like I said, the book wasn't bad. Terry Brooks did a good job writing it. It was just, I just didn't get the same impact from it that I would watching the film. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, is you're a huge fan of Hook. Is there anything about the novelization that you thought was bad, that you thought could have been just like, uh, maybe they shouldn't have done that in the book? I don't know if I would say that. But there is um, a few things in the book that I think they could have put in the movie that would have helped explain a little bit more. Um, like um, where Jack forgets about his sister. He forgets her name and everything like that. Um, we're like in the we're in the movie in the baseball scene. Uh, you see the pirates holding up the sign that say run home, Jack. Mm-hmm. And he kind of standing there and he's like, Maggie. You know, in the book, he basically walks by his sister with Captain Hook and Smee, and she calls she calls out to him, and he's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. You know, it it, um, it kind of helps. It, it that would have helped explain a little bit about how Neverland works. Um, you know, you're you're there for so you're there for a while, and you start to forget. You know, um, just like you see it with Peter Pan. Uh, right when he becomes Peter Pan again, he forgets that he even has a wife and children because mm-hmm. Tinkerbell asks him, why are you in Neverland? Yeah. He says, that's easy. I always want to be a little boy and have fun, you know? Um, so I think that would have helped if they would have had that in there. Uh, that would have helped uh, kind of uh, answer that question. Um, also, um, it was talking about how uh, Captain Hook has all lo- has the lost boys that he's captured uh, continuously in his uh, cabin or not cabin, but in his dungeon, counting his treasures and all that. I think that would have been something to see there because you see all the lost boys there that are there helping Peter. But you look at all the ones that you don't see. You know, or where where's Maggie been at during this time? Well, she's been down there in the dungeon with the lost boys, you know. So so there was a few things that could have been added to the movie, I think, from the book that really would have helped explain uh, some of the gaps in the movie. Yeah. And on that, I was just like, I don't remember them explaining was the crocodile dead at the end when he engulfs Captain Hook? Because I'm just like, because in the film, it makes it look like. I know, but in the film, it makes it look like he woke up for a minute. It's like, oh, hi, Eat, eats him and then dies again. Because, yeah, his head falls. That's, uh, that was confusing to me, too. That's always been my question. I mean, the thing, like, and... Continue. Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. I liked the stuff that they added with the clocks with Captain Hook and like made, you know his paranoia with it. Um, I thought that was great. But at the end with the crocodile, I was getting a little confused, too. It's the same with the movie. Like I remember when we, me and my wife watched it, we're like, "What's the, okay, the alligator's dead? It just falls on him." But where did Hook go? And it doesn't even say it in here. It could have said like, "Oh, he got sucked into another dimension." 
something. It's just like, oh, he's gone. He's not in the dead. Well, it says that it swallowed him whole. But that that would just mean that he just suffocated slowly. I get maybe it said gas came out of it, right? Did it say that in the book? Because in the movie, yeah, gas. So maybe yes. it's just poisonous gas, yeah. and in the book, he inhaled it, and he just died. <laughs> maybe, or he could have had a heart attack. He was elderly. This is true. This is true. And, uh, and that that if I do have uh, some complaints, and they're very minor, this this book uh, this story deals with like growing older you can honestly say it's the weirdest reverse midlife crisis book i've ever seen (laughs) Uh, peter's having a midlife crisis like trying to come to terms with things but it's almost like he's too much he's too responsible that he forgets to be fun which is this is a weird thing but there's there's a some things with Hook that aren't flushed out. With uh, you find out in in the book, I don't remember in the film, but like he's not as tall as he is. He's he's a big he puts on a big facade. He he's not this imposing character. Like he he wears platform boots. He he has a wig because most of his hair's gone, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have eyebrows. Like he's fake. And yeah. it's it's like he's just waited this whole time to kill Peter Pan. And that's all he's lived for. Yeah. And uh and Peter's daughter who's uh who's this name's escaping me right now. Uh, uh, Maggie. It's like you Maggie is like you need a you need a mommy to take care of you. And that's not really flushed out at all in this. Which I think if Terry Brooks had gotten more information, we would have had a chapter about a young Captain Hook. That would have been interesting. It like he would have gone there. I, I mean, we had the nightmare sequence with the crocodile. I mean, like, anything's possible. Or we could have had more stuff with Peter when he's young that isn't from the Peter Pan novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that's always weirded me out in both the book and the film, and I kind of got it this time, is the, uh, I call it the, the Tinkerbell seduction scene. <laughs> it is the strange, it is the strangest thing. Yeah, this is like, what I, I kind of, yeah. is the weirdest portrayal humanly possible to say that the Tinkerbell loves Peter. Yeah. It's so weird. Um, she is like an adult. Okay? Mm-hmm. Does not look like a child like the Lost Boys. Uh, I'm going to say it. I said it in my live stream when I talked about her. Uh, she's a pedo. She's a pedophile. Tinkerbell, <laughs> Tinkerbell would, tries to further. seduce a child. And he's like... Go ahead. I will go further. It's not only... Pedoness, which I don't even think we could say on here. I think we'll get flagged and we won't be able to. Uh, um, we're we're talking about Terry Brooks's hook novelization, pedophilia in it. It's disgusting. <laughs> but it's also interspecies erotica. It's just true. She's, she's a little a little fairy. It's okay. so weird. And it's like I had it marked somewhere on here. Uh, well, I, I was. Just, go ahead, Mike. 
Oh, uh, if you remember in the cartoon too, uh, Tinkerbell was jealous of anyone that was was in love with Peter, especially Wendy. You know, so even there in the cartoon, you see a little bit of the uh, the uh, Tinkerbell loving Peter Pan. See, but I mean, it's like, uh, but Tink closed one of her hands over his, pressed herself against him, put her lips on his, and gave him a real kiss. And he's like, I, I don't know what this feeling is that I have inside me right now. And then all of a sudden, he remembers his wife and children, and she's like, "Don't." And then she says, "Don't ruin the moment." Well, because Tinkerbell's selfish. Adult that, that's like established in all. <laughs> She's just trying to adult her. Yes. Matthew is talking about the sanctity of marriage here. But, I mean, it, but it's like, oh, oh, look, he's reverted back to a child. I love him. This is creepy. This is when it gets creepy. I mean, she had his oh, ID I wish card. We had no one here. She had his ID card. It says it. Cause I remember seeing in the film, like, is that his ID card on her wall? And it's like, <laughs> Oh, his identification cards mounted on her wall, like a family portrait. She's a weirdo. She's a freak. Is I don't she like the her. reason that the, is she the reason that sting wrote every breath you take? <laughs> um, <laughs> I do not. That like was for the, the Disney version of the script <laughs> in the eighties. <laughs> it was going to be featured in there. <laughs> I uh, I well, did notice the biggest uh, pro the biggest question I had was, you know, Tinkerbell takes Peter Pan to Neverland when he's a baby. Also, if you don't grow up and if you don't grow old in Neverland, how I mean, how did Peter Pan age? You know, to to be a teenager, you know, kind of, you know, was she kind of, uh, you know. <laughs> Growing him up, she was she's grooming like, him. Is that what you're trying to imply? She's supposed to be like a motherly figure to the Lost Boys, so that does add another creepy factor. Tinkerbell, but but I mean, Peter's supposed to be their father figure in a way too, even when he was a kid. Like that's true. They all uh, kept like with Rufio. He was the father figure. He was like the big brother. Um, Rufio is the worst character I've ever seen in a Steven Spielberg film. He he was better in the film than he was in this in the book. He, I feel he like was, there was more resolution. Obnoxious. Yes, he was he, very cocky. I, I I will say his death, his last lines in his death spoilers were actually a bit touching. It's the only thing that uh, he had worth saying. Um. Yeah. He was the one of the few he was the only serious casualty I think in the whole story cuz pirates die all over the place and it's played for laughs which is totally weird and then my favorite line in the whole book uh, when they're talking about uh Hook's favorite cannon and how they shoot lost boys out of it into the It's sea. so disturbing. <laughs> like they kill children out of blasting them out of cannons. <laughs> And this is a kid's movie, kid's book, whatever, all of it. And it's just, it's so weird. Another question that I have, go ahead, Adam. I've been, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. A question I have is in the film, it looks like the kids are kind of wearing outfits from different time periods. So yeah, I was like, so was, 
are these kids entering Neverland in different time periods? Like, oh, here's the kid from the 20s, Rufio from mm-hmm. the 80s. You know what I mean? Like if Peter from the 50s, probably. Early, no, late Peter's 40s, before late. that because oh, yeah, Randy Wendy is 90 92. Something. And yeah. there, it, it definitely takes place in the 90s. Yeah. Um, Rufio is from the 80s. He's like a punk rock kid. Looks like Storm from the X-Men, but with red yeah. hair. And you get like Thudbutt, which is... Uh, you know, which is like one of the worst from... names ever ever yeah. put in the And movie. he looks like he's probably from the, the 20s or 30s. So, but they never explained that. I thought that would have been a cool little explanation. It's like, oh, their outfits match their time periods. They've been here for a long time, but mm-hmm. it's not explained. Just a weird thing that they chose in uh, costume design in the film. You know what else is weird? That Peter Pan is an actual story in this universe. Yes, yes. That, that's kind of meta. I kind of like it, but it's it's very meta. It's yeah. kind of like uh, Logan in a way, from that film. Like there's oh, X-Men with the comics. X-Men, books. yeah. And it's like that's not how this happened. None of this happened. Um, what I was gonna say was though, as I thought that uh, they actually, I remember they're they're kind of making uh, his Peter Pan's origin a little bit more, you know, tragic. Like in the mm-hmm. film, like like in the film, like the the baby the baby carriage just rolls down the hill and then it just like but in the book it i remember them saying that the um like the mom tried to chase after it and lost it but in the film it's just like oh lost the baby Hmm. it shows like the baby yeah he's like laying on the ground you know yeah and then and then he comes back when he's like three years old and they said that they forgot about him but like and i remember um like in the reading in the book that like the mom chased after him and everything and but it's also like, okay. I can't remember in the book, Adam. Since we're talking about this part, did it say? Did he say that he ran away? In the film, it says he ran away, and he's yeah, in the back like, of the net and just like rolls away. Is because he ran away because he overheard his mother talking about we're going to put him in the best schools. He's going to get a good job, and he, you know, as an infant, he didn't want to grow up. <laughs> he wanted to be a child forever. Stupid. He didn't want to grow up because everyone who grows up has to die someday. Yeah, and as an infant child, he knew <laughs> he knew this. <laughs> but I, I have a question that I just thought of. So is that the same house that Wendy is at, like, years later? Yeah. Does that mean that he's related to them? Ooh, I don't know. I, thought, I think was, it says that he went to a different house. Yeah, he was adopted. It's... it's well, I know he's adopted by Granny Wendy at some point, but like, which is also weird that he'd marry her granddaughter, but we're not gonna. I'll let that pass. It's a beautiful love story. But, um, but was he like biologically like an ancestor of Wendy? It's, it's not. I don't, uh, I don't think so. Um, uh, yeah. It's... None of this is a beautiful love story. He's like 90 and she's in love with him when he's 40 something. <laughs> Tinkerbell loves him when he's an infant. Well, well, Tinkerbell is like timeless. She's probably from the dot of time, let's be real. 
she's a perverted little fairy I tell you well i mean she's just taking advantage of the fact that that this is a grown man and it isn't a child it is like hey maybe maybe i can get a little, little action going on only though only when he's a child though which is weird i don't like it i don't like this book i don't like i like the film, she's a, she's what we but... call an age player She's she's got the the age thing. She likes the she likes her men to be littles, childish, man children. <laughs> Smee, the relationship between Smee and Hook. What do you guys think about that? Is that weird to you? Um, no, Smee clearly, I, I, Smee clearly didn't like Hook, but no. also at the same time, he kind of did. He just feels feels bad because like it's like when you're at a job for a really long time and you hate it, but then when you leave, you're like, I'm gonna miss this job. Yeah. I think he got uh, Shmi got tired of Hook. Yeah, he starts stealing his stuff at the end. I know, <laughs> and he's hanging out with with the mermaids that got pretty much cut out of this book. Yep. Because that seems weird. Yep. Um. I was I was reading to I think um, Jeremy like you thought that like when he goes back to that house he's wondering if he's related to Wendy I think he goes to a different house like I was reading that so okay okay well it said like he I... found other windows to visit since his own had been locked and I'm assuming that that's... oh that makes more sense I was really worried some incest was going on let's be real oh but we uh, gotta ask these it's... questions I mean it's the questions that I had when I watched the film. <laughs> I mean, when you watch the film, it's like, oh, it's a good film. But when you actually sit down and dissect it, there's weird things that happen that, you know, like, what's going on, Hollywood? What are you doing there, Steven Spielberg? We, we, we need to get Chris Hansen on here to <laughs> dissect this book with us. Yeah, book of paper movies. Uh, sit down, please. <laughs> take a seat. <laughs> take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, She's the thing the is, when you say when when you say Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg doesn't write any of his scripts ever. That's not a strong suit. So we got to we got to question these screenwriters. Uh, this uh, Jim V. Hart and Malia <laughs> Scott Marmo and uh, Nick Castle. We gotta question them. We need to have them on the podcast right now. Call them up. Call who? You know? We need to call up these screenwriters. That would be great. I have questions, man. For Hook. (laughs) So overall, I mean, anybody have anything else they need to add? But, yeah, like I said, the book, Terry Brooks did a decent job writing it. Like, it was, it's an easy read. Um, it, you're like, I was able to get through it within like a, a few days, like, but it's just, I don't know what it was. It just, I was just not interested to finish it. Like after just reading a few chapters, it's just like, I'd rather watch the movie the whole way through. And that's, and normally there's times where like with the novelizations, I'm like, oh yeah, read the novelization. Like it's, mm-hmm. it adds so much with this one. Not, not so much. Cause you know, like you said, it was just basically on par with the film and it's just, 
this is like one of those novelizations that I was hoping that it, like like what we were talking about explains some things like yeah like like why do people forget things or you know what's the deal with the crocodile but um yeah like I said the film is a it's a great you know feel good film like with a happy ending and it's just uh, the book I was just like. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I will say the Tinkerbell ending, the final talk with Tinkerbell was very bittersweet. I was a sad boy, despite her uh, wanting her man boy. <laughs> Mikey, what do you think? Any, you have anything else you would like to say about the book? Well, um, the movie you know, is one of my favorites. It's a cult classic. Um, love it for all time. Uh, I'll agree with you that the book was kind of hard to get through. Um, it took, I will tell you, it took me at least a month and a half to finish reading just because I had to stop here and there and, you know, put it down. And, you know, I had to make myself read it. Um, but other than that, though, you know, it, it's a good story. It um, is it the best book novelization by far? No, it's not. But, you know, for those that are fans of of Peter Pan and Hook and all, I think it's one that you should read. Um, also. I happen to have the actual 1991 comic uh, adaptation of the movie. That's also a good read to get. Um, it actually has a couple things that the book and the movie don't have in it. Oh, that's um, But yeah, it's a it's it's um it's not the best novelization, but it's a good novelization. I I agree that if he would have had a little bit more information to go on, that it probably would have been a lot better mm -hmm. yeah i think for me the the movie is definitely better some of them the book doesn't capture the magic the film does especially like the food fight scene in the film far superior than what you get in the book uh, robin williams performance always good to see him do stuff um there were some other things that i, I wanted to mention that i forgot about that i actually did enjoy from the book uh i thought i i laughed out loud at a part where uh, Jack and Hook are playing baseball or Hook's making Jack play baseball and there's like treasures on the uh, the plates or mounds I think they call it on the mound and someone, a pirate runs out and tries to steal the treasure and they're like look, he's trying to steal second <laughs> let's just shoot the guy yeah, I like, that's pretty funny I like that <laughs> stupid yeah, that's... the treasure but he's like he's stealing second <laughs> Boom. Um, and then another thing that I liked was uh, at the with the final fight scene with uh, Hook and Peter. They like go into a bar, and like you know they take like they take a break. It's like I see them like you know the gentleman type fight where they stop, they go in, they have their their drink, they're talking. It says like they're sipping on an ale, and then they continue fighting again, and then they stop and they take their last drink, and then they fight, and then they go back out, and before he kills, you know everything happens. Uh, but another thing that I thought was kind of comical, but also sad, is Rufio's death 
Okay, Jeremy, you talked about his death, and he says one thing. He's like, oh, wow, he said something that was was nice and sad. It wasn't him being a bully. Right. But they just left his dead body on the boat. <laughs> I didn't All they said is that. like, Rufio's dead, isn't he? Yep. Let's go. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. He must have been a jerk to everybody all the time. He was definitely a J-bag, I will say that. So, they, yeah, they just left his body on that boat to sail off in the wind, I guess. But uh, for the rating, I, I'm going to have to give the book, like, a, a D. Oh, we Or two out of five. About you guys, what, what about you, Mike? What do you rate the book? I'd give it a C minus. Um, this is coming from a big fan. Okay. Thanks. And my reasoning for the C the for the C minus. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the reason I give it a C minus is, um, just because it could have done a little bit better job of giving a little bit of a backstory. You know, for those who may have not are familiar with the Peter Pan, you know, for those who pick up the book and say, oh, here's a book about Hook. You know, uh, if it's the tit- the titular character, you know, I would have liked to have a little bit of more of a backstory about Captain Hook than what we got. Um, you know, and there's a couple, few other things. Um, but yeah, a C minus C- is what I give it. So Adam, what was what were you gonna rate this? Uh, same as uh, uh, same as Mike uh, C minus. Okay. Jeremy, I can't believe this is gonna happen. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. What do you rate this book? I give it a four point one two. I thought it was real nice. Uh, we don't get a lot of Terry Brooks novelizations, so you gotta you gotta take them when they come in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, but I I'm also rating this as someone who hasn't seen the film in a decade, doesn't remember yeah. it well. So keep that in mind. If you if you think of this book as it's a separate entity from the novel from the the film, you're probably going to enjoy it more. Is what you, you can get out of this podcast. Yeah, but, I think you're right on that one. But wh- whoever whatever format you decide to uh, digest this. Uh, um, this uh, the story in. Just know that Tinkerbell is on a watch list. Yep. Eyes on Tink. Yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> just I I agree with you, Jeremy, about the if you spend most of if you spend most of your life watching the film, like and you know, you're gonna have like a you're gonna have high expectations for the novelization and and it's just like I just didn't get that same like as we mentioned that same feeling like it's just like i said terry brooks did a decent job writing it i just you know just had just lost interest you know i kept you know losing interest as i was reading and you know but it was just uh, yeah i just c minus is probably the best i can give it yeah i i can't really explain why i why it was such a chore for me to get through it, it might be that i've you know i watched the movie recently twice and enjoyed it and then kind of talked myself out of enjoying the story after dissecting it with the whole Tinkerbell stuff and 
all the missing questions that, you know, where the Lost Boys come from, like what time period, how does time work, how does gravity work, because there's some weird stuff with gravity that takes place in Neverland. Is it an alternate dimension? Is it, was it all just a dream? Is it all just a dream? Like, it's just, it's kind of confusing. So, but that's going to do it for this month's episode with Hook. Uh, Stay tuned next month. Uh, We're going to be talking about Rambo First Blood Part 2. And Jeremy. And possibly Rambo 3. Yeah, so stay tuned for more information on that one. I want to give a quick shout out to I Read Movies Podcast. You can find them over on Twitter at I Read Movies Pod. Post pictures of novelizations. Uh, pretty cool content over there. And he has a podcast as well. So check that out. Uh, Jeremy, where can people find you? You can find me at Stupid Chainsaw Productions on the YouTube. And you can check out my podcasts, such as Paper Movies on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you can find podcasts. Adam, where are people going to be able to find you? Well, you can find me at my main channel, Bryant VRM, uh, here on YouTube. You can also find me here on Paper Movies, and I also recently created a new channel recently um, for just Star Wars content. Um, it is called Red 5 Reviews. Awesome. Awesome. And Mikey, Big Mac, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, well, you can find me on TikTok, uh, where I do cosplays um, at Michael Bray 58 Also, uh, you can find me on YouTube, where I do live streams of reviews over comics um, and other such stuff at uh, Michael Bray. Awesome. And uh, yeah, you can find me over at the Geeks Attic, geeksattic.com, here. All that nonsense. But guys, thank you so much for joining us this month of the Novelizations uh, Paper Movies Novelization Book Club. We'll see you next month. Stay Gucci, gang. <laughs>